Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to uh, a week 15 recap with uh, on the Big D podcast. Before I bring in Alex for his weekly contribution, please subscribe, like, and share the Swanky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. It is Christmas week, so happy holidays. Merry Christmas to all. And then don't forget to check out the Big D podcast on Spotify and Apple. We've got some content coming out. This weekend, maybe a YouTube video too. So, uh, back from seeing his Miami Dolphins win in person over the New York Jets, is Alex. Alex, uh, how how was it to see your Dolphins win in person? It was great, man. First of all, thank you for the lovely introduction. Good as always to be here. Um, no, it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, first time in the two era that I was able to make it to a game in person. So uh, it was nice to see uh, the throwing Samoans slinging around. But um, no, it was great. I mean, you know, it's always great to go to a game when you get a victory. Uh, that's always the first thing you're looking for when you visit when you visit your favorite team stadium. So, uh, you know, it wasn't the prettiest game started out pretty rough uh, Tua had a couple not great spots throughout the game. But Got the win. Uh, that's the most important thing. And uh, he, he improved as it went on. So it was nice. It was definitely nice to be there. Definitely nice to get the sixth win in a row for the Miami Dolphins and uh, to be there live to see it. Yeah, be honest, watching a lot of that game, I was thinking, hey, Miami's coming off a bye. The Jets have been floundering as they've been for, what, the last decade or so. I'm thinking Miami's going to win this game going away. And then all of a sudden, I, the Jets just stalled off, and I'm like, what? What? Miami's yeah, going off a bye. You should be better than this. I know. Yeah, you, you know, absolutely. Trust me. I was sitting there in the stands thinking the exact same thing. But, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, obviously, Tua threw a really bad interception at the beginning of the game. He had the really bad uh, pick six at the end of the game. But that one, that one in the first quarter was brutal to watch. I mean, it just looked like he – he couldn't decide whether to go underneath or over the top and he kind of split the difference and threw it right to a defender. But no, I mean, yeah, you know, after coming off a bye, you would uh, hope and expect the team to uh, especially come out of the gates a little bit stronger, but um, you know, the, the bye really came at a bad time for Miami. I mean, being on a, being on a five game win streak at the time coming up to the bye, you know, we had so much momentum. I don't think we necessarily wanted the week off, um, and also because of that week off, I mean, I, I'm not sure exactly what uh, Jalen Waddle and our entire running back room and Javon Holland were up to over the bye week, but obviously they were catching COVID. So um, I think I think Sunday was a very big example of just how important Jalen Waddle and Javon Holland are to the Miami Dolphins. I mean, obviously we won the game, you know, but you're playing the Jets. I mean, we could have it. It, I don't think it was necessarily needed, obviously, uh, to have Javon Holland and Jalen Waddle. Uh, but I definitely think that it would have helped if we had the two of them. I mean, Tua did look a little lost without a security blanket for a, a portion of the game. I mean, Jalen Waddle is absolutely captain clutch when it comes to third downs and, and, and just picking up those chunk plays. And I think Tua was missing a little bit of that. And uh, the defense was definitely uh, missing uh, Javon Holland's presence because he's been such a such an amazing talent back there the whole year. But, um, you know, it's, it's all right. You know, it's a rival. It's a division rival. I mean, those games are always going to be tough whenever you're playing your individual in division teams. I mean, you know, this season we've seen some crazy games between division rivals and, um, 
obviously, you know, that when, when you're playing a team that you know so well and that you've played already once in the year, I mean, they're going to play you tough. And that's what happened with the Jets. But fortunately, you know, Miami came on top. You know, the, a couple of takeaways from that game. One, about time Devontae Parker made a play this year because he's been, in uh, fact, of course, he was the number one pick out of Louisville, right? Yep. And uh, he's dealt with injuries, and you probably, Dolphin fans probably want him to make plays. And then this year, missed most of the year, but made a big touchdown late in the game. Really nice catch down the sideline in the first half, too, which led to a touchdown on that drive, too. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about Devontae Parker is, I mean, obviously he frustrates the the you-know-what out of Dolphins fans because he's never on the field. But every time he gets on the field, he's he makes plays. I mean, the few, the few games he's played this season, I mean, he's made some big plays after big – he's made big play after big play when he's been on the field this year. Obviously, the problem with him is just making sure he can consist, consistently get on the field and stay on the field. I mean, obviously, I mean, he's a great talent. He was, a, like you said, he was a first-round pick. Uh, Tua loves throwing the ball to him. It's just, you know, he's got to stay healthy enough to be able to consistently help the offense. But he was there on Sunday, and, uh, you know, without Jalen Waddle, you know, I expected a big game from Mike Gusecki, which didn't really happen. You know, he had a couple catches there, but Devontae Parker definitely uh, – well, Duke – I was going to say Devontae Parker stole the show. Duke Johnson really stole the show. I mean, it's about time Miami had a running back who – looked like he could handle the the full load of uh of the rushing of the rushing game so shout out to duke johnson who had an incredible game the entire stadium was yelling it was screaming his name the entire game but um yeah absolutely happy for Devonte park glad he, glad he was back and glad he was able to contribute yeah you mentioned duke johnson but uh be honest when i heard uh, miles gaskin and Armand were both off the COVID list i'm like both of them are going to play. And then I see first play of the game, Duke Johnson started, and I'm like, what? The? I'm, like, yeah. I, I, I'm like, I knew Duke was in Miami. I didn't think he'd be – I didn't think he'd run for 100 yards, score two touchdowns because you probably don't remember this. The last time Duke Johnson – I think the last time Duke Johnson either scored a – went over 100 or scored – touchdowns in a game was in 2014 when he played for the University of Miami. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he, he, you know, the Miami Dolphins rushing room has been so frustrating throughout the entire year. It just seems like it's a revolving door. I mean, Gaskin, obviously, you know, everyone assumed he was going to be the number one guy, but it just seems like, you know, Miles Gaskin's got talent. Like I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and shame Miles Gaskin. It's just, it's mostly, I think the offensive play calling and just the, 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 the want and the, sometimes the need to throw the ball. I mean, uh, Miami is one of the highest passing percentage teams in the NFL. I mean, they throw the ball more than they run it. That's for sure. But uh, with that, you know, also with uh, the offensive line run blocking, it's been pretty, pretty terrible to say the least all year which uh the offensive line looked good on sunday you know miami miami always plays better when those guys step up so i think it was just a combination of trusting the run game a little bit more the offensive line doing their job and duke johnson just taking taking advantage of an opportunity i mean you know miles gaskin and salman Ahmed were back but you know they weren't able to get a full week of practice in so you know duke johnson was going through the game plan he was getting ready for the jets and uh brian flores trusted trusted him to uh be able to lead the lead the day uh, for rushing, and he sure took advantage of it. And then, how about the Dolphin defense? Uh, Zach and sacking Jet rookie Zach Wilson 
six times. I mean, you know the Brian Flores team. It's defense, defense, defense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the defense stepped up. They've been – throughout the six-game win streak, the defense has definitely been uh, more uh, – uh, looking like last year's uh, Miami Dolphins defense. I mean, the first those first seven games. I mean, it looked like it was a completely rebuilt defense, even though they only lost a couple guys. But I was hoping to see. I was calling for an exit interception the entire game. I don't even think the Jets threw to him. I I don't think he allowed a single catch. I don't know how many targets Xavier Howard had in that game, but I I thought I might have heard it was zero. I mean, it wasn't much. So. You know, I mean, getting the getting the sacks was great. You know, um, the defensive line has been stepping up during this win streak. It's been good coverage from the from the defensive backs leads to a uh, uh, more time to get to the quarterback for the defensive line. And they've been taking advantage of it. You know, the strip sack was great. Getting at least getting get getting a turnover on the uh, on the fumble. Would have loved to see an interception, but no, the Dolphins defense stepped it up. Thankfully, which they have been for uh, pretty much every one of these six games. So. So now Miami is seven and seven. Seems like everybody's seven, seven, eight, and six. I mean, the Dolphins have had a tough stretch. You go to the Superdome on Monday night, then Nashville before hosting the Patriots. Can the Dolphins make the playoffs? Can they? Yes. Um, will they? It's a tough road. You know, uh, it's 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 a bit of a tough schedule. I mean, really, look at the Saints. I mean, yeah, they just shut out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but they only scored nine points doing it. I mean, the Saints look like a team that the Dolphins could beat. I mean, obviously, if if uh, the Saints are stopping Tom Brady from getting in the end zone or even getting in field goal range or getting a field goal attempt, uh, obviously, you know, that sounds like a, a daunting task. But also, Tom Brady was out three of his four top weapons on offense. So, I mean... You know, it's still Tom Brady, but still, I mean, I think the Miami Dolphins, I, I don't see the Dolphins not scoring a single point on uh, on Monday night against the Saints, you know. And then the Tennessee Titans, I mean, you know, will Derrick Henry be back? I hope not. <laughs> but, um, you know, obviously, ever since he went down, that team has been um, a, a shadow of its of its former self. So the, te- the, te- the Saints are beatable. The, the Titans are beatable. And then New England, I mean, we beat them once up there already in Foxborough week one. Why not? finish off the year beating them at home so I mean you know it's three games that you know should be tough obviously seem like on paper they'll be tougher than the last couple games the Dolphins have had but I think they're all winnable games you know the Dolphins only chance to make the playoffs is winning out I mean you can't drop any of those three games if you want a chance to make the playoffs because the middle of the AFC is just too like you said it's just too jumbled it seems like everyone's either at 500 or a game above or below it so I mean they have to win out those last three games and probably get some more help on top of it but can they absolutely will they you know they just got to do they got to take care of their own business you know it's always been the dolphins problem they 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 have the playoffs in their grasp they just got to win and then they blow it so they just got to take care of what they can take care of and hope the cards fall uh in the right places around the league yeah as the late raiders owner al david said just win baby just win baby but, you know, enough about my Miami Dolphins. You know, it's uh, nice to be able to talk about our team winning. But um, let's shift over a little bit north. Uh, you know, you weren't in Jacksonville on Sunday, and uh, it didn't quite look like the Jaguars made the trip either. Um, you know, I picked I picked Jacksonville in a battle of the, uh, the bottom feeders, the battle of the bottom feeders in Duval County. I like the sound of that. But um, 
unfortunately for you, or maybe fortunately at this point. I mean, I don't know if you wanted to win that game. I feel like at this point, you may as well just go for the number one pick, especially after the result on Sunday. But I mean, did you want to win that game against Houston or were you okay with, I mean, the disappointing 30 to 16 beatdown that you got put on by the Houston Texans? First off, I don't give a bleep about the number one pick. We don't deserve the number one pick anyway. Secondly, I wanted to win. I want to win that game. Trip Lewis needs more confidence after what has been a rocky last four or five weeks. I mean, how the heck are the Houston Texans cooking all butts twice in one year? Well, I think- Go on. Houston kicked the you-know-what week one and did it again week 15. What are we doing? I, I can answer that question, and I, you actually answered it without even realizing it. I think you said the Houston Texans were cooking Jacksonville. Brandon Cooks was cooking Jacksonville. I mean, 7102, two touchdowns, a 43-yard long on 10 targets. I mean, you want to talk about the uh, Texans cooking up the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was, that was emphasis on the cooking because – you know, Brandon Cooks had a day, obviously, as uh, I'm sure you know. But, you know, there's some good news. I mean, you got more than eight yards rushing this week, at least. So you can hang your hat on that. A hundred more yards than that. Yeah, James Robinson fought, was finally let out of the cage for the first time all year. Well, seemed, well, at least in several weeks, 75 yards and finding the end zone. So it's fantasy owners can rejoice and be glad this holiday season. <laughs> you know fan yeah for james robertson fantasy owners you know he, he definitely had a, a better day than we've seen the most recent couple weeks but jacksonville jaguars fans unfortunately you know it's great to see him i mean just the fact that as a team you had eight rushing yards the week before i mean it's definitely got to be at least a promising look to uh to get over 100 team rushing yards i mean you know it's it's still, I mean, 18 of 75, a four-yard average. I mean, it's a good day. It's not, it's not like, you know, out, unheard of numbers or, or, or out of the world numbers, but, you know, it was it, compared to, compared to the performance of the uh, Jaguars rushing game the week before, definitely an improvement, but, you know, Trevor Lawrence, what would you see from him in that game? I mean, obviously, you know, he, um, you guys got smoked, but, I mean, how, I, I didn't watch the game, obviously. I was in Miami. So what was your assessment of him against, you know, not not the greatest uh, opponent? The same Trevor Lawrence we've seen the last four or five weeks. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is regressing. Yeah. I mean, somebody explain to me what's going on with Trevor because all of a sudden, unlike rookies who – a lot of other rookies who seemingly get better as their first season – continues to Trevor's getting wolves by the game. Yeah. I mean, this is embarrassing. I don't care who the Jaguars have as their wide receiver right now. Hell, the Cleveland Browns almost won a game with Nick Mullins, Donovan Peoples, Jones, Rashad Higgins, Harrison Bryan, and Damon Ojoku. Yeah. Last night. I mean... The Jaguar, the Jacksonville Jaguars need maybe a facelift, a wide receiver, or two, an offensive line. Heck, maybe get a couple of defensive backs in there. Because right now Trevor Lawrence is regressing. And yeah, I, I still have 110% of my Trevor Lawrence stock and faith. 
But to get the best out of Trevor Lawrence, the Jaguars seen more than this. Yeah. The coaching change didn't help matter. It's the same stupid team we've seen in a matchup the Jaguars should be because we're playing David's Mills for crying out crying out loud. We're not playing Deshaun Watson. We're not playing Andrew Luck. We're not playing Tom Brady. We're not playing Aaron Rodgers. And we lose by 14 points. And by the way, get this. You know how you know how going into Sunday, do you remember the last time the Houston Texans returned the kickoff for a touchdown? Was it against Miami? Because I feel like they've done it against the Dolphins once before. <laughs> it was the first time since 2009. And guess what happened on Sunday? Traymond Smith returned a 98-yard kickoff return for a touchdown against all sorry special teams. Really? Really? Yeah, that's that's something you can't have because especially as a franchise or as as a team, a current team that is is struggling. Obviously, I mean, you're sitting at two and twelve. You're two and eleven going into the game. I mean, you got to be able to. You've got a rookie quarterback. You just fired your head coach. Things aren't going to go smoothly. Obviously, things aren't going smoothly. You can't expect them to all of a sudden click. But you know that those are the things, and, and that's something that I would absolutely understand your frustration because I see it happen with the Dolphins all the time. I mean, not as much recently, but in that, in that first seven game losing streak, I mean, those stupid mistakes, I mean, missing your lanes on a kickoff return or, or muffing a punt or, or, or converting a big third down and having a holding stuff like that. I mean, the stuff that takes no talent, the stuff that you're just catching a punt or you're, or you're, you're running down your kicking lanes or you're, the mental, exactly. You're pointing at your head. It's in between the ears. It's that stuff. I mean, you know, that's the stuff you guys, you're, these guys are in the NFL. Every single player on all of these teams are good enough football players to make it to the NFL. They all have talent. It's just when it comes down to in between the ears, man, it's like you're playing against a team who you can't, who you should be able to beat. Like you said, it's Davis Mills. It's not, it's not even Ryan Tannehill. If you want to stick in the division, uh, let alone, you know, Andrew Luck or, or Aaron Rodgers or Brady or any of these guys. I mean, you're playing against an opponent that you should be able to beat. And it seems like, and I picked Jacksonville this week because it seems like every one of the, every one of these times where a team makes a change at head coach or something like that, it always seems like they play hard that next week. It's like, you know, we want to prove that, that this wasn't us, that we are good football players. You know, it was just, it was our leadership that was lacking. And you just, I mean, you know, you give up a kick return for a touchdown the first half seems like it started all right. I mean, you were in it for the first half, and then it seems like everything after halftime. I mean, in a quarter two, punt for the Jags, field goal, punt, field goal. I mean, you get – you got to be able to punch those in for touchdowns, punt, punt. I mean, it's just a matter of – I mean, it, I, I, I totally understand your frustration because I've seen it a million times with the Dolphins where it's just like the stuff that we really need to – the, the stuff, like you said, I mean, it's, it takes no talent. That's, that was the mantra Brian Flores had before the season last year. I mean, those stuff that, that takes no talent, the stuff that you really just have to be disciplined in to be able to get done. It's when you, when you see that, when you're a losing football team, when you're a two and 12 football team and you see those mistakes, it's like, as a fan, you just want to pull your hair out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And by the, by the way, at least now the Jaguars are in content on position for another number one pick. The problem is 
this is not the same draft compared to last year where there were generation quarterbacks. Right. There's not a generation quarterback in this year's draft. So even if the Jaguars wanted to trade the number one pick, I'm not sure they get what they could next year with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud available. Yeah. But that would be a story for a few weeks. Okay. Enough of all teams. All right. I would argue week 15 might have been the oddest Sunday slate I have ever seen in my life. You know how odd it was? How odd was it? The 1-11-1, and one, the Detroit Lions beat the 10-3 and three Arizona Cardinals. And they just beat Arizona. They beat them up. Yeah, they did. This NFL season, man, we talk about it every single week about just how weird this season is. I mean, the the Detroit Lions, I mean, obviously they get that tie against the Steelers. You're like, oh, my God, they finally didn't lose a game. Like, can they win one? Like, whatever. And then next thing you know, the Lions are getting their first win of the year. And it's like, oh, my gosh, they beat the Vikings. Like, this is great. And then you look at their schedule and you say, okay, the Broncos, probably not going to be the Broncos. The Cardinals, you're probably going to get smashed by the Cardinals. And then you got the Falcons, Falcons and Seahawks, which I mean, aren't having the greatest of years, but better than the Lions. And then they end the season with the Packers. It's like, I don't see them having a chance to win another game. And then they put 30 points on the Arizona Cardinals. Who I mean, the Cardinals who just beat the, or no, just actually, no, just lost to the Rams. I'm sorry, I forgot to mix that game up. But either way, I mean, you know, Kyler Murray's back. The Cardinals seem like they're back. And next thing you know, I mean, 30 to 12 against the Lions. What's going on there, man? Uh, Cliff Kingsbury's team's always plummet toward the end of the season. Arizona's doing it again. Yeah. It's just, I mean, Happy for Lions fans, you know, like absolutely, but it's just this, it's just another, another edition of why this season of the NFL is one of the craziest ones I've ever seen, man. I mean, we've got two Tuesday night games. We had two Monday night games. Seems like we got football every day of the week now, which, you know, I mean, it's great. I mean, I love my football, but it's just, it's this season 2021, man, it's just been a weird year. But what else? I mean, we got, I mean, speaking of, we, we talk about the Lions beating the Cardinals. I mean, that's crazy. How about the Saints and the Buccaneers? Nine, nothing. <laughs> Tom Brady not scoring a single point. What? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I hear, wait. What? Wait a minute. You sure? Wait, you sure? Like, uh, wait, you sure that's not a misprint? The Saints really won a game nine nil. Nine nil. Yep. I mean, it seems like a runaway baseball score. I don't never. Uh, and then you you think about the fact that it's Tom Brady on the zero side. I mean, it's by just, the way, by the way, trivia question for you, Alex. Uh oh. When was the last time a Tom Brady led team was shut out? Um. It wasn't Miami, right? December 10th, 2006, against the Miami Dolphins when Nick Saban was still head coach. I thought I remembered Miami shutting them out, but my just the fact the the, <laughs> the the just the idea of trying to remember a time where the where the Miami Dolphins could keep Tom Brady and the New England Patriots zero points. It's like 
I must have been one of the happiest days of my of my of my life. Probably just blocked out of my memory. But yeah, I mean, you don't you definitely don't see it very often. That's for sure. I'm proud the Dolphins were the team to be able to do it last. But I mean, even I mean, even the Saints, Taysom Hill, went 13 for 27, 154 yards passing. I mean, just, I'm I'm glad I didn't watch that game because it must. I mean. If you like defense, that's the game you want to watch on this slate. That's for sure. And by the way, what could be a bigger storyline than getting shut out? Look at Tampa's injuries. Chris Godwin, torn ACL, out for the year. Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, Levante David. Uh, That might have been a worse day for Tampa injury-wise than – Tom Brady get being under the rest because Tampa lost some key men. Absolutely. I mean, you nailed it there. I you guarantee that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wouldn't mind losing that game as much if it didn't mean losing those guys, because I mean, you nailed it. I mean, obviously, you know, those weapons in Tampa have been just completely balling out this year for Tom Brady and I mean, losing I, the, the best thing about Tampa Bay, I mean, we've been talking about it all year when we've been doing our daily fantasies. It's like just you got to pick which Tampa receiver is going to go off this week because, you know, one of them going to. I mean, obviously, you know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are amazing talents. They're different types of receivers. So you, you never I mean, you, you never know which one of them is going to like who they game plan really to have like the standout day. But that absolutely hurts a lot worse than the nine nothing loss is losing those guys i mean you know i it i i'm not quite sure how long leonard Fournette and mike evans are going to be out it seems more of like a day-to-day week-to-week kind of situation i think with them but i haven't seen any updated reports i mean a big question i have is is antonio brown finally ready to come back i mean i I saw yeah i saw the report i mean that he was eligible to return on monday which was yes day so uh i mean that would be a big help especially now that they lost chris godwin i mean antonio brown was having a great year before all of his craziness whether it was injuries or faking covid uh uh vaccination results or whatever but i mean he now now is the i mean they needed him i mean but not necessarily needed him now they need him because if he if he has any shadow of the same player he was at the beginning of the year, I mean that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are begging for another receiver right now. Yeah, help one and wide receivers in Tampa. Absolutely. Uh, anything else crazy? Looking over the slate, everything else. I mean, a couple other good games. You know, some close games. Packers Ravens. You know, Tyler Huntley. Well, Tyler Huntley almost beating the Green Bay Packers. I mean, wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean Tyler Huntley almost being the bad man? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Tyler Huntley. But he's saying, but he's saying Baltimore went. Baltimore lost on another two point conversion. First off, the Ravens should have gone for two. You've got a red hot quarterback against a tired defense. Secondly, Tyler Huntley may be better than a few of these starters in the NFL, not more than a few, because the Ravens were, the Ravens were in that game. Yeah. Against oh, probably the NFL's, probably the NFL's best team, one of. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, it's crazy watching him. I, 
he he looks good. That's the crazy thing. I mean, there's so many times where a backup comes in and, you know, they can kind of control the game and, and, you know, they've run the system for so long, they can kind of just try and like uh, ease into it and more and morph into the current offense. But I mean, Tyler Huntley looks like he's his own guy. He's, and he is, is he's not just coming in and, and getting the job done and doing, doing what he can to help the team. He is helping the team and he is playing good football. It's just, I mean, obviously the Ravens, you know, love Lamar Jackson and, and want him to be as healthy as possible. I think it's pretty fair to say they have a better chance of winning games with a healthy Lamar Jackson, but I absolutely agree that Tyler Huntley might be, uh, I mean, he definitely better than a couple quarterbacks in this league. That's that have a starting gig right now. I'll, I'll definitely agree with you on that. But I think, uh, you know, one thing it is the time of year holiday season it's the last week uh our last podcast before christmas on saturday i just want to know you know as a uh, kind of wrapping up 2021 you know coming into the new year you know it's it's a festive spirit we're in a we've got a festive spirit i like your shirt i like your snoopy santa and i have to know dylan what is your favorite christmas song there's only one christmas song Mariah Carey, our one for Christmas is you. Absolutely. I, I had a feeling you were going to say that. You know, I, it's pretty much the biggest classic there is. So, um, you know, I think I have to agree with you there. It's, I mean, you can't, you can't have a Christmas and you can't see a commercial or be, watch TV without hearing Mariah Carey singing that song. I mean, it's, it's become a, a centerpiece of, of advertising and just like, commercial Christmas so now uh, it's that that is a very good choice and um you know it's 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 coming it's almost time it's we've got you know Christmas time means playoff football is coming up it's just it's a great time of the year 